Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. Want flexibility? Take yoga. Want flexibility with your health insurance? Check out United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer flexible, budget-friendly medical, dental, and vision coverage that may be right for you. More at uh1.com. Jules Gilbert, what is the best Tekken game? Oh, mate, why would you start by asking me a question <laughs> on this stop. podcast, which is called the UBP, the UBP, the UBP. The UBP it is. Which is where we obviously look at gaming questions such as this and have to <laughs> dissect them using our little pea brains. And you've mm-hmm. just hit me with a right blinder straight away. <laughs> now, the purist in me wants to say that the answer is Tekken 3. Yes, that's what However, I However, as we found out when we were playing it on the PS1 uh, the other day, sorry, the mm-hmm. PS1... Mini, PS1 which, mini thing, yeah. um, you don't unlock Brian Fury straight away. You have to go through the arcade mode seven or eight times. And that, to me, all is a crime. Our, yeah, all That's of a our collective... <laughs> I agree. All of our childhood memories thought he was either on the roster by default or unlocked with a cheat. And yeah. then we realised that that just wasn't the case. Like, and I'm not going to lie. Yeah. The roster for Tekken 3... There's a lot to be left to be uh, wanting. It's left wanting, yeah. mate, because what do you actually unlock from it? You unlock, Kuma. Uh, yeah, you unlock Kuma, you unlock <laughs> Jack, you unlock uh, Anna, hey, it's Gunjack, Boo, Gunjack's you unlock Julia, guy. Boo, and it's like, <laughs> like yeah, then finally you get Brian, who's amazing. But mm-hmm. apart from that, there's not really many like banterous characters in there. Where's my Steve Foxes? He is well, my absolute G. I love him to pieces, mate. Oh, I couldn't get see when they brought Steve Fox in in four. I couldn't get away with how like his two kick buttons were like the sway buttons. Yeah, but that's great. Like, that's an amazing little gimmick. Yeah, yeah. I, I guess when you get him down, I mean, I've been absolutely ruined by many Steve Foxes, especially online. Like, I yeah. get him to a good Steve Fox player. The um, best part the is is when you get like the the swaying back and forth. Eventually, you can get him into that thing where he's constantly doing it like mm. that, and then you do these punches that are so crazy. <laughs> that you're like, oh yes, mate. So yeah, we're not sponsored by Tekken whatsoever. The reason I um, put this out uh, on the tweet is because Katsuhiro Harada retweeted me taking the picture of you playing Tekken 3 and I was like that's my childhood dream come true I just thought You know, imagine that even happening. So I was like, let's just do a Tekken question and um, to talk a little bit about Tekken. It's literally and, like yeah. um, uh, it's uh, Kazuya just looking at you, uh, just like, and then doing the little <laughs> smirk at the end, just kind of like, all right, mate. Just there, yeah, he's right, got you. Yeah. He knows what you Before he throws you into a volcano. <laughs> <laughs> but I come back, I get to come back. That's it's, true. Uh, it's always the way of things. What's yours? But yeah, so we asked, oh, go on. What's your, what's your favourite then? My, so I'm, I'm, I'll go with four because obviously Steve Fox, that's when it came in. That's oh. what I, like, the thing is, is that I know that it's not the best Tekken game. Four's controversial. It's the one that I had the most fun with because of mm. the fact that me and my mate Liam, we used to play that endlessly. Uh, mm-hmm. He got way too good with the uh, Jin's uh, new moveset that he'd obviously come right. into four with. And mm. I hated it. <laughs> but it also gave us Marduk. Marduk was a good laugh as well. Marduk's really fun. I, I, I like Tekken 4 for what it tried to do. I wasn't a fan of them getting rid of all the grapples because it was all like yeah. the stance switching, yeah, 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 position yeah, yeah. switching stuff. But I, I love Tekken 4's Jin. I love all that karate stuff and mm-hmm. I love his moves there. For me, it's Tekken 3 is the most nostalgic and the one that I can go back to the easiest. I think 5 is the one I played the most. Um, so I played a hell of a lot of 3, but it would be 5 Dark Resurrection when they sort of yeah. 
re-released it, or the, the home arcade, the home yeah, version yeah. was called Dark Resurrection. Um, so I had that and I had that on the PSP as well. All around it would be three, but... Yeah. We have to also give a massive shout out to Tekken 7. Like, it is mm. a phenomenally crafted... Uh, I'd say that in terms of mechanics, mm-hmm. 7's probably the best. Like, well, game. I love the thing, because funnily enough, I re-downloaded 7 last night because I never bought all the season pass stuff. But um, mm-hmm. again, we're not sponsored by them, but I've just bought this last night. <laughs> there's, a de- <laughs> there's a deal on the PlayStation Store that gives you all the DLC and everything um, for like £18 and I was like well I'm just gonna do that and get all the characters that I missed and everything else so I just had a big old Tekken sesh last night um, and yeah Tekken 7 it's always been super solid I've, I've had it since since launch and everything but I love the thing that they do where like if two of you go in for like what would kill either of you it zooms yeah, right in yeah and then it's who actually gets the frame yeah. perfect punch first that's a brilliant addition that like, that's really cool and I love the Street Fighter style like finisher stuff they put yeah. in like every character yeah. has like a, uh, the rage art stuff which is really cool um, but anyway yeah so we have everybody I, I, oh, I'm, go gonna ch- I'm gonna change my answer actually I've okay, gone from okay. Tekken I'm going to change it to Tekken Tag Tournament because that, you you, you can't have a bad time with it. There's so many characters, it's literally everyone at that point in the roster, plus Mm -hmm. a few new ones as well with Unknown uh, in there as well. Big Mm -hmm. fan of that. Not the best fighting game, but the most fun overall. Uh, Tekken Tag was the game, or maybe the first game I got on my PS2, um, that and like Fanta Vision and Ridge Racer. And um, yeah, Tekken Tag's music I think is the best music. I love Tekken 3 and everything else, but Tekken Tag's score, that is just the year 2000 incarnate. So uh, we've set the record straight then. Scott's in with Tekken <laughs> 3. I'm in with Tekken Tag. Thank you very much, Scott, for your question on the Untold <laughs> Banter podcast. <laughs> the UBP. Um, I don't think I said my name, but I'm Scott Tilford. You said Jules Gill before. I did. Um, but yes, I wanted to ask people what they thought. A lot of people saying Tekken 3, Tekken 5. Um, mm-hmm. Not much love for Tekken the original. I don't think that game hardly ever gets brought up. I'm not a huge original Tekken fan. Yeah. Um, I don't like the way the, the jumping feels really weird. The moon like, physics. Yes, and you stay down for way too long yeah. um, as well. Not even that much love for Tekken 2 in uh, a lot of the responses that we got. Um, Elfar Oliver says the best one is obviously where you play volleyball as a dino. And um, we yeah. had a response from Nosebleed Interactive, the developers of Arcade Paradise, which again, not sponsored, Amazing. but a great game. Um, they said, easy question, the best Tekken is Soul Calibur on the Dreamcast, which is big <laughs> lols, big lols energy. Cheeky whippets they are. Cheeky whippets. I mean, the thing is, I remember Soul Calibur back when it was called Soul Edge or when it was Soul Blade. Oh, Soul Blade, mate. Soul yeah. Blade. And That's you how had, long uh, we've been going. What was the uh, the giant uh, barbarian creature guy who had uh, rock? I think his name was. He yeah. was he was my main. Uh, either him Killick, or Siegfried. I think. Was it Killick? What did you have? The Tonfers or whatever you call the nunchucks or something? Yeah, I want to say yeah. Cool. I mean, it was like at that time when it came out, they mm. were such a varied group of characters. Voldo was like nothing I'd ever seen yeah. before. Cervantes was amazing. Well. An undead pirate. How cool yeah, is that? It's like a, a giant sword. I am, um, and then to round off that uh, portion of questions and stuff, we had Zach saying three is the most iconic. Six has the best roster. And I don't care what anyone says. Four was great fun. There we go. Thank which, you, mate. Thank you for the support. There you go. Hurrying on into overall questions because yes, the Intel Banner podcast goes through as many of your submissions as possible. And we have a follow-up from Elfa Oliver who says, "Do you think Ubisoft can pull off a back to basics Assassin's Creed next year, or will they butcher it with microtransactions and a cacophonous UI?" And we also had Jacob Sawyer saying, "Do we think Ubisoft will ever return to staying as historical as possible in Assassin's Creed?" And right. the latest leaks point to witch trials, and that has a lot of potential if they actually use uh, actual Templars to oppress the populace. However, I feel like they will add actual witches. It is the Assassin's Creed that we love. Dead. Yeah. I don't know if you've seen all the Assassin's Creed leaks, but that's yeah, all so the stuff the, tomorrow. The thing is, is that like Assassin's Creed loves to play fast and loose with history mm. because as much as uh, they've been like, oh yeah, we try to keep as uh, close to it as possible when it comes to either recreating areas or historic moments or monuments and stuff like that, mm-hmm. they definitely dive off the deep end when it comes to 
pretty much anything to do with the story. <laughs> it's like, it ha- this thing happened. It did not happen in the way that they well, are telling you. Like I've been playing through Assassin's Creed Odyssey, which I really, really like. But I got to a point um, a couple of days ago where that game's story just falls the F apart. And there's not that much to it anyway. Mm-hmm. But you're just trying to find out the history of your family, trying to find your mom who's sort of been lost the whole time. And you find your dad. Do you want to guess who your dad is in that game? Uh, Poseidon, King of the Sea. <laughs> Pythagoras. You're not that far. No, really? Actually. Yeah, you, you go underground and you just find Atlantis and there's a guy just standing outside like a, like a water door and he's like, hey, by the so, way, I'm Sorry, mate. You, you literally just uh, said probably the more interesting thing there. Not that you found your dad, <laughs> nor the fact that he was Pythagoras, but also the fact that you found Atlantis. You just you just, you just just cheekily find Atlantis. You sort of go under some rocks and you just find Atlantis and then they did Atlantis DLC, which right. I don't know if I'm going to play anymore. But, I'm actually yeah. just going to point this out. This is my oh. one of my pet peeves when it comes to video games. It's mm. like, oh, you'll have never like it's this mystery land that no one's ever stepped foot in before <laughs> oh it's just down over there which people yeah. could have easily found had they stumbled through it it's like whenever they talk about like um like oh you know it's like oh you, no one's ever like disturbed this civilization for 10,000 years mm-hmm. it's like I accessed How? it by picking up two random twigs outside the entrance <laughs> the puzzle to get inside was not hard it's like Skyrim when you go through those like barrow the, the dens and yeah. it's like all the, all the matching puzzle thing mm-hmm. do you really think that no one sat there for more than three minutes and just figured it out honestly in Odyssey um, the way you open the door down to Atlantis is you just line up some mirrors so you just get like a bit of light what, and the um, Indiana Jones trick literally and then you've, it goes to the, the, the future of the time but you're now playing as Leila Hassan then you go back to Atlantis in the future and no one has found any- I assume no one has found anything so he talks as if like no one's ever been there um, yeah for as much as I was enjoying that game I do think it's enjoyable fast food fodder yeah. the story to, yeah. falls apart you just have to let like logic take a massive jump there. you just go yeah it's fine whatever okay well, except that I found that, Atlantis anyway you you your, da- things- your dad's Pythagoras yay well exactly and like you were saying about things you hate in uh, game design I hate when a game just like level locks you from the end of the story and says like hey go find these four items yes they're somewhere in the world and I'm just like no I'm never going to do that yeah. um, which is what Odyssey does at the end but anyway I was just going to say that was the one thing that ruined um, uh, the Wind Waker for me was that mm. moment I felt that the story was really like clicking at a fast pace that it was like I was so invested into mm-hmm. the uh, the gameplay and the action and then all of a sudden it's just like oh yeah you've got to collect all these pieces to get into the yeah. final bit and it's like oh and they just so happen to be in the furthest apart from each other and it's like <laughs> oh this is such a boring fe- fetch quest at this stage in the game yeah that was the thing that put me off uh, or made me hate Skyward Sword and it's not that you're collecting like seven oh, yeah, fragments yeah, it's, the same, it's the same thing but there's so much backtracking in that game and yeah. I was just like oh my god just end like just <laughs> just find your actual closure point but anyway yeah in regards to Assassin's Creed um, there are three games at least about to be announced there's uh, Assassin's Creed Mirage which is the next mainline mm-hmm. game and um, where you play as Bassem from Assassin's Creed Valhalla but it's all set during um, sort of temp- like old school times I forget yeah we spoke set. about it on the main podcast where it's basically just mm. the cut content from Valhalla that they're dressing up and like then it. trying to sell you uh, an image of <laughs> Like, we're returning to our roots, guys. Like, no, you're not. You've just literally made this about 10 years ago. Let's say that one doesn't hook you in. What about the idea of two additional story games being plugged into Assassin's Creed Infinity? Whatever the hell that is. We're apparently getting Assassin's Creed Japan called Assassin's finally, Creed Red. Finally. Finally. And we're, we're getting an Assassin's Creed game set in the Holy Roman Empire. That's the witches, um, hunting down the witches one. Which I could go for like an, a, a witch assassin. Like if she's being hunted and everyone thinks that she's something else, but you're actually taking out all the different like authority figures that are trying to chase you down. I like the idea of a witch assassin. I just yeah. don't need an actual witch. I don't need actual magic. No, if they go to that extreme lengths where you're basically fighting the Roman gods or they Mm. have some sort of super-powered or supernatural element and they say, oh yeah, you're actually a witch, then I probably will just be like... (laughs) It, I don't know, like Assassin's Creed games, like I say before, they play fast and loose with reality, mm. but there are certain things that I like them to keep, if you know mm. what I mean. Like I like I would like 
I liked, for example, Assassin's Creed 1 and 2 when it was yeah. more sort of grounded. Now we've got to the still point where it's just, game, yeah. yeah, it's like very over the top and accentuated now. Like, Well, I think I'm curious what they do. I'm curious what Assassin's Creed Infinity is. They were meant to be unveiling what that is. Um, or they, they tweeted about it because it leaked and they said, oh, look, we'll have more information for you later. Yeah. And that's assumedly going to be at the live stream on the 10th, which is tomorrow. So I'm curious what that is because that's like some weird live, live service platform version of Assassin's yeah, which Creed. which again makes know. me worry because if they're just turning <laughs> Infinity into a hub, like a big yeah. like interactive launcher for these other small episodic story things. Now, mm. if they're well curated and it's like the Hitman game with its approach to episodic stuff, then mm. fine. But if it's entire games that are plugged into this, we are going to get so bloated and weighed down with like, yeah. hey, have you logged on to um, Assassin's Creed Red recently to go collect 50 <laughs> feathers? <laughs> well, days. you won't get your AXP bonus that applies to Mirage to unlock a cat. It's like, oh, please, that's, don't make me, don't make me play more than one Assassin's Creed game at a time. That's the thing, because they're already out there, at least what's leaked as three games at once. I don't know Ugh. how you balance that. I think the, like what Alpha Oliver said, I think they'll go all out with microtransactions. It'll be a horrible UI. It'll be one of those UIs where you move the cursor with the analog stick to hover over stuff, like that <laughs> fake mouse UI <laughs> that everything has. Um, but yeah, I think they're trying to tick both boxes. I have to hope that Mirage is their um, Back to Basics one. But yeah, I don't... I don't know where Ubisoft's head is at. They've lost so many key staff members um, alongside various people who needed to go because of all the allegations and everything. So who knows what the hell Assassin's Creed is Such now. Such a strange thing as well to release three games. Like, I know that <laughs> Assassin's Creed hype is still fairly impressive compared mm-hmm. to most other AAA um, franchises. Mm-hmm. But to go there and say, like, there is this amount of content coming, it's enough to make even diehard fans just go like, does that mean that one project's going to suffer from lack mm. of um, development time or are they all going to be releasing around the same time? Like, mm-hmm. you're paying 70 quid a pop, likely, for each of these. Are you really well, looking forward thing, to paying, right? like, I mean, like, that amount of money for that amount of Assassin's Creed? I think that they, because the way that they're announcing everything feels like when the MCU just says, like, here's your next three years of stuff. Yeah, and, like, yeah. the leaks for this are the um, AC Red and AC, it's called, like, Hex or Neo. They're all code words, but the, yeah. the Japanese one and the Holy Roman one, they're penciled in for 2024 and 2025. Okay. And it's like, there's something about knowing that many years are already penned out that I think is like inertia. I think people don't get excited about that much stuff because yes. you want to be surprised. Yes. Um, and it's just, you're just sort of sat waiting. It's like when Todd Howard was like, well, we're going to be doing um, Fallout 5 after Elder Scrolls 6 and then we'll be doing, you know, that's that's just the next few years of the company just laid out. And it's like, mm-hmm. sure, I guess. Um, but yeah, I guess we'll wait and see. The stream's tomorrow um, across Saturday afternoon. Um, yep. So it, it can't get any worse. Uh, so <laughs> we'll see. Next question from NYC, who says, with Jim Ryan crying foul over Call of Duty, is he being a hypocrite or does he have a legitimate gripe? And is he looking to sabotage the deal uh, overall? Any thoughts would be cool. And the best Tekken is the one you play with friends. Oh, that's very true. Weekend, fellas. That's very true. The Jim Ryan stuff, have you kept up with this? That he's, no, uh, no, no, no. So the overall thing, um, Jim Ryan, you know, um, I forget what his exact title is now, but sort of man who's calling the shots with Sony PlayStation mm-hmm. um, got out there during an interview and said that the um, proposed deal that's going to be going through in regards to Activision and Call of Duty being bought up by Microsoft um, is inadequate on several levels. I think that was the quote. Um, oh, and, I have seen this. Yeah. Actually. Yeah. So yeah, he's yeah. basically hanging it on the idea that um, three years of exclusivity is nowhere near enough. And he said that the brand is so loyal. Sorry, the brand is so valuable and um, it means so much to PlayStation fans that there's no way that they would be happy with that, which you know, it ties in with the whole thing of um, the legal side of it to say that if Microsoft had too much of a monopoly on the industry that the deal couldn't go through. And so there's that whole way of playing this where if he kicks up enough of a stink and says that this will mm. sabotage the PlayStation brand, then maybe bigger legal parties step in to uh, stop the deal. I always find it very interesting when people throw around the term monopoly when it comes to mm. uh, a 
singular game like mm-hmm. um in this case or a franchise a singular franchise because mm-hmm. it's like sony also operates under the idea of exclusivity with their yes. first party titles <laughs> are they are then opening themselves up for microsoft to say you're cornering too much of your own market you need to give us access to that like it doesn't i understand that it was across a lot of platforms and is then being uh like filtered into one but it's mm-hmm. not the only first person shooter out there it's not the no. only franchise that bases itself on warfare so mm-hmm. how are they going to try and stitch together an argument to say this specific thing should be open to the people like well that's the defense on microsoft side that was what they said a few weeks ago where it wasn't phil spencer but well maybe it was phil spencer microsoft side was literally saying there's nothing special about the call of duty brand that was the quote yeah um, Uh, yeah which is hilarious yeah because you're like downplaying the brand you're about to buy but it does actually (laughs) put into uh clear and stark terms that Mm -hmm. you know it's it is nothing special somebody else could have made uh call of duty Mm -hmm. and or or another person like you're you're effectively writing off um battlefield uh what is left of the modern um, Medal of Honor series mm-hmm. if that ever comes back you know what I mean mm-hmm. there are other people that co- could come in and take that away mm-hmm. but what it makes me laugh the most is that somebody going into this argument saying that it's inadequate um while at the same time charging us more for PlayStation 5 consoles, yes. when somebody, I just saw a video like about not even 30 minutes ago, where somebody uh, broke down the new PS5 model and the old one, and has told it's us to make, there's, yeah. um, it's cheaper to make, there's cheaper parts in there. They mm. are saving money and charging you more. And that is hilarious, <laughs> because how what, should we be saying that, you've, that that is inadequate too? The Jim Ryan era has been very money-focused. Like when yeah. they're buying mobile game studios, they're getting out there, trying to make as many different deals as possible. I just... Stuff like this, like like you said, um, Sony are very much known for their exclusives. It's kind of hilarious bringing that word in and being like, well, you, you guys can't have exclusives. Like, that's not how this yeah, works. Yeah. Um, but also, yeah, one of the defenses that, um, or one of the attacks rather that Jim Ryan busted out was that Call of Duty is so far ahead of the competition in its genre or overall that there'll never be another Call of Duty, which I get what he's getting at. But like yeah. for me, I just think of something like Apex Legends, like overnight that became the Fortnite contender. And yep. like it had its day in the sun. It's still going very strong. Fortnite's won out over time but there's always opportunity for something i get microsoft's yep. side as well one of the things that was interesting was um those initial conversations on you know microsoft buy activision blizzard and lock down call of duty as an xbox exclusive and then um xbox and phil spencer were saying like, oh no we have no intention of doing that but the latest deal um or sorry the latest um, conversations and everything is that it would be a three-year window so as much as they're saying you guys would still have call of duty on playstation it'd be three years behind the trend something would happen on three at that three-year mark i still think they'll force a game pass app on playstation i think that'll be how you play call of duty because it'll just be well we're telling you you can still access it but you've got to get it through game pass and pay a subscription yeah and yeah. do it that way but yeah it's it's a hell of a um a precedent to be set but it's like it's still very much ongoing but mm-hmm. i get jim ryan's strategy next question from Corel type Shaw, who says do we agree that game prices have become increasingly expensive what do we think is a fair price point for games also eddie gordo ruins friendships <laughs> from indonesia <laughs> i tell you what if you find a uh, a seasoned tekken player who plays mm. eddie my god you are getting juggled because his moveset is uh, so hard to read at the best of times. Mm. They have nerfed him quite heavily in Tekken 7 from what I hear. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Um, in Tekken 3, he can be an absolute powerhouse <laughs> if, you, if you just cannot read instantly what he's about to well, do. Was, the other day when we were playing, I was using him against Joe. and uh, like I, But I'm, not, I'm never button bashing. He like immediately I, said it, though. He I know, immediately he said like, when, you, when, you put a fir- when you put a first combo in. And I, yeah. and I watched your controller. You weren't just like slamming the... Um, no, I know all uh, of his moves. His, you literally were just like, da-da, da-da, da-da. And he was just like, oh, <laughs> it's uh, spamming, are you? And it's like, it's button mashing. It's like, no. Like, I was like, I take personal offense to this, Joseph. Because, <laughs> um, like, yeah, I mean, I've played a lot of... That's the thing. As much as I get the Tekken... Uh, sorry, that Eddie is a completely abusable character. 
better. I've never been the button bashing guy. I've never been a button basher in gaming anyway. Um, but yeah, I think there's a way to play him. But I get that a lot of people have house rules to just be like, no Eddie. We're yeah, not even yeah. Near it's the, the same guy. as like no odd job in uh, Goldeneye. Yes. I mean, admittedly, that was uh, declared by the devs themselves to be cheating. But no one has come out <laughs> on the Tekken front and said that it is cheating to use Eddie. We need to remember this post recording that we should do um, like house rules in games because you're so right. Yeah. People have like certain things that you just don't do in games. Like um, um, uh, on Smash Bros. Bros where you do Final Destination no items that's where right, or right. Um, if you want to settle a real score on Call of Duty Modern <laughs> Warfare 2 uh, knives only mm-hmm. uh, knives and pistols only on rust that and is the one yes and no um, is it Jula Kimbo shotguns yeah no Jula Kimbo like, shotguns never have any of that yeah, yeah there's no, uh, like no that. noob tubes you know the uh, grenade launchers <laughs> and all that. Uh, but yeah in terms of game prices um, becoming expensive this I mean what's your reaction to that because I have a lot of thoughts on that Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number Smart Beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 40% on the Sleep Number Limited Edition Smart Bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com. This podcast is brought to you by Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. One of the things I love about Indeed is that it just makes hiring all in one place so easy because you just get unparalleled access to job seekers. Plus, listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash WCG. Just go to Indeed.com slash WCG right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash WCG. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Um, I have said many times over by this point now that I do not believe that the consumer should foot the bill for mm. the exorbitant cost of uh, producing video games if it is within the publisher's... If the publisher has chosen to go down the route of spending excessive amounts of money on on tech and ideas that like are not... Uh, yeah, exactly. That I don't feel like we should be paying a £70 uh, price tag for mm. a game that has obviously come out in 2013 or whatever. Like So <laughs> I, I feel that a fair price point it was already established. I already felt like 40 to 50 pounds was enough because that was always established from when we were kids. It was about Mm -hmm. that. And I know that obviously like prices have gone uh, up and inflation has meant that that is worth less. But Mm -hmm. the amount of uh, volume, volume of units that they would sell at a cheaper price point 
is is enough to, to to make everyone's pockets lined with cash mm-hmm. them adding in that extra 20 to 30 pounds it's just greedy like it feels I, like, it. like yeah. I, well, I, you you put a playstation 4 copy of a game in front of me and then you make me play a playstation 5 copy of the same game and mm-hmm. then you're telling me that the second one costs 20 to 30 pounds more <laughs> and there is z- next to zero graphical difference because it's been engineered for the prior generation and i just go right. why the hell should i pay that why there's, should that's i pay the thing. that that's the i think in the, in the case of the last of us remake there's definitely like a graphical uptake if you compare them side yeah. by side it's just funny because when we first saw the trailers our minds had already up there there anyway so it was yeah. like well that looks exactly <laughs> the same yeah um but if you do side by side the mac you can tell the difference however i don't think it's worth 70 pounds when even josh who's loves the last of us remake um, and reviewed it and everything still doesn't say it's worth the 70 if you're coming in having played one of the previous ones. Yeah. Um, but yeah, the 70 thing is interesting because loads of third parties tried that across the last few years. And then Sony went, well, we're going to put our exclusives up to 70 pounds. And it's like, well, is, you know, it's not like the quality isn't there. Horizon Forbidden West is like no. immaculate and everything. Yeah. But at some point, like it's, it, for me, it, it always reflects on um, the development cost, the production cost. Does it feel like a premium product? Is it breaking day one? Yeah. Um, which a lot of those third party games, you know, they barely run. There is something to be said about the um, uh, the mind games that such a high price point plays mm. on the consumer as well. And this is what worries me about the future of gaming as a whole, mm. that price might be used as not just a gatekeeping method uh, for some people who can't afford it to generate sort of FOMO to make people like mm. want to trade in games or sell stuff in order to uh, achieve that level of like our part of the group Mm -hmm. but it also is prohibited uh, prohibitive for um, you buying another game. So say that the Call of sure. Duty example we were talking about before, say that the price of games gets to an astro- astronomical £100. That's a lot of money no matter how you look at it. Mm-hmm. If somebody comes along and says, I've just spent £100 on that Call of Duty game, I don't have £100 left to go and buy another game. Right. So they're basically using it to price competitors out. So it's like mm-hmm. they're using FOMO, uh, constant live service stuff as long as they get you embroiled into the mindset that you belong to this brand and that you mm-hmm. should support this brand like you do a football team or a sports team then you'll go there you'll pay your £100 won't have any cash left so you mm-hmm. can't buy a competitor's game and it therefore corners the market oh, that's- price yeah, that's absolutely one part of the strategy, or at least on our, yeah. for, the, for the fan theory side of it, it makes sense. I mean, like there are tons of people who only play like one FIFA a year mm-hmm. or uh, one Call of Duty a year, but those ecosystems last them the whole year, whether it's DLC or microtransactions or whatever. Um, I can absolutely see that. I think for me, on the Sony side, it feels as opportunistic as them raising the console price, mm-hmm. where it's, it just is the Jim Ryan era. It's just sort of, okay, what can we, how do we maximize profits? And, you know, adding 10 more dollars or 10 more pounds to their standard price, that it immediately is a massive difference. Um, over time and like I just I see a Sony that reminds me of the PS3 Sony the hubristic let's see what we can get away with Sony yeah um, and it feels like you said with the console it's it's cheaper to manufacture now but it costs more and that feels like well we're going to capitalize on the Christmas rush so we might as well do that I wouldn't be surprised if it lowers again next year and so um, yeah I think that I mean the, the market dictates it's like you know the, there was that massive um, spending increase across the pandemic which has now gone back down but I think right now we're still sort of analyzing that in relation to even years beforehand like yeah the industry hasn't even really kicked in yet but the problem is is that you can't go back from this like i don't mm. think it's as easy as dialing back down the price because it's never happened in the history of video games they've literally True. always stayed at the uh triple a worth like 40 pounds with like on the playstation one when we were kids then mm. you've got like the classics range which was set at 20 pounds or whatever like that it's like i've never known I would never expect them to go £70. Oh, people are buying less. Let's reduce the price. Hell no. Mm. They're just, they, they've just they already said, seen that people will still buy that. 
Well, what's interesting is like monetizing the day one buyer. Like we've long said that the worst time to play a game is day one. Yeah. I'm, I'm as guilty yeah. of this as anyone yeah. else. I'm literally going to go and pick up Splatoon 3 after we talk. <laughs> but um, you always get the most broken version of the game. You get the one with the least content. You get the one with the, the most patches necessary, etc. Um, but it feels like they're monetizing that group of people. Because if you wait, you'll get that game on PlayStation Plus. You'll get that yeah. game on Game Pass. Um, doesn't doesn't work for Nintendo necessarily. But the you know Game Pass is still the best deal in gaming. And the, the mm-hmm. Sony uh, PlayStation Plus Extra tier is a phenomenal deal if you haven't played those games. Um, anyway, and they are all games, something like Ghost of Tsushima, that is sold for a really high, high price point that you can now just get on a monthly service if you wait. Mm-hmm. So I think that um, games have become increasingly expensive for day one. They're actually You're actually way more encouraged to just bide your time, not give in to the hype and wait it out and just pay, what, nine, £10 a month or something and get it no later on. And I mean, if you've even pre-ordered, you spent even more than that because likely yeah. the pre-orders are much more than the base game uh, price anyway. So you've bought yourself mm-hmm. some tat, you've got yourself a game that doesn't work right yet and you've become mm-hmm. effectively a guinea pig in terms of the testing period. Like, It's, yeah. it's like, how uh, much can I, we monetize that initial day? Yeah, like I, I'm not going to ever call anyone stupid for parting with their money before <laughs> they've got a game but i'm just saying just please be careful with your money like yes. look at what it is like and with the amount of reviews that have to be changed after launch because of additional content being put mm-hmm. in or like as we've covered many times microtransactions being added in as well mm-hmm. it's the, the relationship between consumer uh publisher and reviewer has become so tangled now that again that's mm. scott and i have always been called for, calling for transparency in yes. this industry but mm. it's getting harder and harder to tell you what games are worth your money that's always the thing and that that question of like oh is this worth 70 pounds well 70 pounds is it is worth different amounts to different people yeah like, like, what, what does your... worth mean like what yeah is, what, exactly. like in this it, sense it's that thing's always hard. Like, but the ground rule, like you said, is just be careful with your money. It's like, can you afford to buy this day one? That are you going to be comfortable? You're going to miss that money. Um, you know, factor all that stuff in. I can afford to go grabs between three like an idiot um, and see what that thing plays. I mean, Cult of the Lamb. I love that game. It's one of my games of the year. But that game is absolutely broken. You in said its towards final the quarter. end. Yeah, yeah. Still yeah. waiting for a patch. It's kind of ridiculous. If it was any game um, from a, from a more reputable studio or whatever, it would be getting dragged like daily. This is what, yeah, but this is what I don't understand because it's Devolver, isn't it? They did this. Well, Devolver are publishing it. It's um, oh, fair. Oh, okay. Monster Mag or something actually that's a band it's not monster magnet it's monster something (laughs) yeah (laughs) for the devs um and the game's absolutely gorgeous but the final dungeon just hard crashes and i've got a bug where none of my dudes move anymore so i can't do anything in it um but yeah i you know that's because i got the game too early quote unquote um but at the same time you're trying to go off their release dates it's just yeah there's all that stuff um next question from max barkman who says been a big fan of the show for some time finally setting up a twitter account to send you some questions oh bless you you. thank you very much um what could the gaming industry learn from the film industry and vice versa that's a good question actually because the more that they go on the more they kind of echo each other really Mm -hmm. you've got your um like death stranding hiring like every known actor under the sun yeah i mean like uh, they increasing a use of celebrities and well-known figures within the gaming community Mm -hmm. in order to shift games based on their reputation is like keanu reeves and and cyberpunk for example is a very good example of that recently Mm -hmm. um you get to see giant uh crossover events like uh, obviously you've got like uh, back in the day when you had street fighters tekken's crossed over and did that that was a huge Mm -hmm. like monumentous thing and all the smash bro stuff like Mm -hmm. using franchises to sell that you've got your almost ensemble pieces where you have to buy into this live service title that gets plugged in extra bits in order to Mm -hmm. further on the overall narrative of the game you're playing like Mm -hmm. they they do echo from each other quite a lot Mm -hmm. um there's a thing that they should both drop though and that is stopping ruining uh surprises in their trailers because my (laughs) god the amount of times that i feel like i've either played a game fully or watched a film Mm -hmm. fully just from a well edited but poorly thought out trailer 
Yeah, given the given the trailer cut to a different department who haven't actually worked on the film and just go, oh, yeah. we can just use this scene, and it's like, oh, that's yeah. actually that's a big reveal, actually, guys. Yeah. That, the fact yeah. that those two characters yeah. are standing together. Um, yeah, for me, these are very specific things. I think um, the movie industry, sorry, the gaming industry, could learn transparency from the movie industry. Mm-hmm. Every movie has a making of documentary, a behind the scenes, interviews with the entire cast, mm-hmm. breaking down the process. I feel like a lot of the reasons that people think, you know, even if it's two months before launch, people are like, oh, I hope this feature is going to be, and oh, I can't wait to see. I hope they put this in nothing's getting done two months before launch to that yeah, degree yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and I feel like there could be so much more done with the transparency of how a game is made um, you know we've in many podcasts we've shouted out various making of docs like indie game the movie yeah. or on a bigger scale double fine adventure um, things that and Nick Noclip um, the channel itself from Danny uh, Danny O'Dwyer Danny they're not Danny Dyer. That's the definitely actor. not Danny Dyer. He's it's not Danny Dyer's thing. Danny Dyer's um, afraid of uh, UFOs and gangs at the same time. <laughs> not that channel. Um, Danny O'Dwyer's no clip though. Um, they're really good at showing the transparency of how things are made, which I think gaming could learn from so much. Like gaming is so secretive with all these NDAs and mm-hmm, leaks and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, and it would only help the populace and the mainstream following if they knew exactly what to expect. And we wouldn't be as let down with target renders and vertical slices and mm-hmm. stuff. Um, and another one's really specific, but I just thought of, um, like, like if you're thinking about something that the movie industry can learn from gaming, it would be accurate physics modeling, which oh, I know yeah. is a weird thing. But <laughs> yeah. so much CG in movies looks so rubbery and not believable. And it's because they haven't rendered the physics because yeah. it's hand animated or whatever. And I'm like, you know, in Black Panther, the final fight looks horrendous. Oh, it's really bad, um, isn't it? anything where any any body is like hitting against a wall or something just looks terrible i'm like if that was in a game it would be believable because you'd actually have physics and weight and momentum to it so i know that's a very granular thing but i wish movies would learn how to render cg better i would also echo that i would love it if uh video games took inspiration from the way that uh films process their audio because mm. i know that don't get me wrong uh, video game audio is fantastic and mm-hmm. uh like for the most part you can have some outstanding soundtracks but i think that just like when you're in the cinema, the way that they use like binaural audio and like make sure that it like fits the space of a of a theater to mm-hmm. best please the audience, I feel like maybe that's not as uh, thought out or as well funded as well, it could be in some video games. It's just like here is a flat tone of noise <laughs> coming to at you from um from a video game in most cases. Yeah, I mean the thing is like um, PS5 tries to do 3D audio. It obviously varies by game. Things like Returnal, Horizon, um, the new Last of Us remake, they work really yeah. well because obviously they're made with it in mind. Um, but you can if you go into the settings on the PS5 set like levels of sound oh, which can is kind of cool oh, I didn't know that um, actually yeah only on PS5 it's not like an industry thing but it is cool and like yeah you can set like where does it where do you want this um, sound to land so it hits your ear mm. and then what's below you quote unquote um, but that only works if you have headphones on like the whole okay. idea of Sony saying you know like it can transform any TV into a 3D sound thing no it doesn't You've got to have <laughs> no it cannot <laughs> to make that work um, but yeah all those things I think there could be a lot more um, beneficial stuff done if they worked with each- took influence from each other a lot more mm-hmm. often um, a question from Darren Barkley who says hey guys am I broken I'm actually enjoying Octopath Traveler on mobile haven't done much story yet just enjoying life doing the side quests and enjoying the world but I'm loving the aesthetic of it all and think the soundtrack is great do I need help now I included this um, this question here because I think you you will have seen Octopath Traveler's graphic style the whole yes. 2D HD thing yeah. where do you come down on that because that's increasingly a divisive thing I want to talk about that for a little bit because I love that look I would yeah. take Final Fantasy 6 like that I would love yeah. it 
what, what, I don't see. I don't see what the issue is necessarily. Well, I didn't it, like, either until like I mean, um, oh, it's the new game that's coming out that has. That. I think Deerfield Chronicles looks like that. There's okay. a new RPG that's coming out that has that style. And Square Enix, a lot of their new stuff has that style. Okay. Um, and uh, Triangle Strategy had it earlier this year as well. And is it so, just because it looks like RPG Maker style thing of just I, like like a little bit low effort? Is that what I people don't know? Have? People don't see. Well, that's the thing. There's a wing of like RPG fans who hate the fact that it's like 2D sprites on a 3D background. Whereas for me, it looks perfect. I like I like it as a a mid step between like 90. 96 or whatever and where we are now but there's a wing of like general rpg fans that just hate that look and i guess would prefer pixel art overall or something yeah but, i've got i've got no personal yeah. beef with that at all like i'm not <laughs> i don't not gonna draw a line in the sand and say this shall never be crossed but mm-hmm. yeah it looks fine to me like what's but what's the actual gameplay like on mobile they were saying didn't they well, they said, yeah, just haven't done much story yet, but enjoying the side quest and everything. I guess that game, um, they do say controls work well for mobile. So I guess okay. like, there's not that much you have to input on Octopath. It's just, I mean, it's turn-based combat. You're sort of um, investing various... Um, you can do a thing where per your turn, you can bank a hit and then hit harder further down the line, a bit like Bravery Default. And um, like, I mean, I love Octopath. I just thought that eventually the story sort of dropped off because I wanted more team-based stuff. Like you have such a great cast of characters, really, really cool stories, and they barely overlap. Like you've got these, you've got a troop who's meant to be traveling together, but you never see them together apart from a couple of little cutaways. Yeah. It's like, it's a weird thing. I've, I'm just having a quick look at what the differences between uh, this version and the mobile one. It does seem mm. that they've tr- really tried to put the grind in quite heavy from this. So oh, maybe really? the reason that this game is like burning like a skip fire is because of the changes they've made to make <laughs> it more mobile friendly but gamer unfriendly it seems. I think it's just a general yeah, a general response to that graphics thing that some people just go no, I'm not playing that. But it's it's kind of cool People that... saying that they gacha games this one is like uh, oh, so no. so maybe maybe like I'll uh we can say that the graphics aren't offensive potentially, <laughs> but maybe the gameplay is absolutely ripe. I've not seen yeah, I didn't even until um, Octopath Traveler is... Champions of the Continent. That's what this one is called. Ah, right, okay. Okay, cool. That must be a different thing to Octopath Traveler then. Yes, I that's it was yeah, just a, yeah, yeah. a port. Well, silly me. I've been I've played so much Octopath Traveler on Switch. I thought it was just that brought across uh, ah, to the Okay, uh, to okay. But um, no, I would assume that you don't need help as long as you're happy. As long as you're having a lovely old time, <laughs> you're fine. Final question from Honest NPC. Thanks again for the amazing podcast. Well, thank you very much for oh, listening. Oh, bless you. Hope you're uh, sorry. Hope you're both well. Question: How do you feel about games being updated and changed? Whilst it's good for broken games, it also means after a long break they're hard to go back to, which happened with Overwatch. Now, mm. I have long thought. We talked about the things that the game industry could learn from movies. I would love a previously on catch up thing, like for every single game. Like just give me like a five minute little window of like, remember yeah. when you were doing this? You were in the middle of this mission, and this guy just said this. I like find that's like it's true. Like so hard to go back to certain things. Um, mostly giant RPGs, but I remember trying to go back to Warframe and that game had changed yeah, yeah. so much yeah, and I was yeah. like I don't even know where I left off or whatever there are um, some games as well yeah. that like change their complete UI they change like course mm. of what's been plugged into it so by the time you come back to it like for example I was talking to you about um, should I load up For Honor again and when I went back to it again I was just <laughs> like my god this game is like totally different to how I remember right. it like in many cases it's better I would say mm. in terms of like mechanics and the how they've addressed a lot of the issues that plagued it upon launch mm-hmm. but there are a few things that I'm just like, I feel completely alienated by. I'm just lost in like the I sea of that, menus and other things going on. I'm like, what is this? Well, that game has that mouse cursor UI yes, it thing. Does. That I, <laughs> <laughs> just the worst console UI ever. Um, but For Honor is kind of like, it's like Dark Souls PvP, the game. Like I yeah. liked what it was at the time. It was just so much grinding and stuff. But I wonder if Ubisoft, because they put a bunch of DLC out for it. I yeah, saw they it was did. like Shovel Knight DLC. And I was like, am I going to have to download <laughs> For Honor to see what this is? Um, but yeah, in terms of uh, games being tweaked and stuff, I guess I would take 
take it over back in the day when a game would have to just be recalled. Mm. But at the same time, it did put the impetus on developers and on um, studios to make sure stuff couldn't be broken. Like you just, I can't think of hardly any high profile broken games from like the 90s. Like there was hardly anything Mm. that was, had a budget and then came in you know disastrous or whatever yeah. it, it kind of just didn't happen because it couldn't but nowadays it's a case of you can just sort of like you say patch in or patch mm. out certain things whenever you want and maybe that does make people a little bit complacent when it comes to developing their games because they mm. can just go right well we can fix this just get it out out the door and we'll fix it with a huge patch day one mm-hmm. which is never great really no and i think that that's what's like annoying with something like cult of the lamb i don't know if you've had this with a certain game where you just you're just like let me love you like i, yeah. I want to spend my time on this i'm thinking about this game all day long and i just want to play it and i can't because it's broken it's like well i'm kind of just in this weird early access period like waiting for it to sort of hit what it should have been yeah. when i've actually put the money yeah, on yeah. it so um i think it's a good step for the industry like obviously but it's kind of on the likes of us to keep the pressure on when something comes out that is broken because um you know the wrong side of it and you just everything just comes out broken like it was in 2017 yeah like the worst of it yeah um but yes massive thank you to everybody for sending in their various questions we actually got through more than two this i week, know Jules. i was very proud of us we're flying um so yes massive thank you this has been the ubp the ubp ubp P. I've been Scott Tilford, joined by Jules Gill. Thanks for having me. And remember, you can check back every Thursday where we'll be putting out our tweets over on Twitter to ask you for your questions about the gaming industry, food industry, and of course, <laughs> everything else in between. You can find me over on Twitter at RetroJ, but the O is a zero. And you can find Scott over at... At slash LP89. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> and that is how I'm going to end my sentence. A beautiful time. We'll catch you guys all next week. Bye, everyone. Bye. Bye. Flexibility is great. That's why there's yoga. Flexibility for your insurance coverage is great too. That's why there's United Healthcare Insurance Plans. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, United Healthcare Insurance Plans offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. One of these plans may be right for you if you're, say, between jobs, coming off your parents' plan, turning a side hustle into a full hustle, or even missed open enrollment. Want more flexibility? Find out more about United Healthcare Insurance Plans at uh1.com. A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So, for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at uh1.com. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.